You're listening to Thursday Mornings with Alex and Don. Hey, Mad. Don is a pastor with 38 years experience. And Alex is just as curious as you. We look at the most important and interesting questions about the Bible and Christian faith. So let's talk about it. Pastor Don. Good morning, Alex. How you doing? So far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Where, can you tell where, where are we right now? We are in a very special place. We're at Hillcrest Academy in Celebration Hall, and we have a live audience, right? Yes, they're live. They're live. They're alive. All right, so right off the bat, we're really thankful for this opportunity and uh, everyone who's listening, watching later. Um, we got all these questions from students and faculty and tons of questions, awesome questions, just like we said. Um, so if you don't hear them today, they're definitely going to be on a future episode. So a little bit about us. You want to introduce yourself? I'm the facilities manager here at Hellcrest Academy. I've been a pastor for 39 years in addition to that. Uh, jack of all trades, masters of, master of none. Yeah, just like me. Oh, I'm pastor at, Hill, at Westchester Church. Church, yep. Uh, my name is Alex Zimmerman. I uh, live south of here, just south of Westchester, Iowa. I'm a farmer. Uh, I've got a beautiful wife, Carly, who's a music teacher in Iowa City, and two sons, Charlie and Bennett. Are you ready, Don? Ready as we're going to get. That feels like it's going to be a sure, game yeah. show right here. Okay, so question one How does God perceive time and space? He doesn't. Oh? That's our construct. Okay. Time and space is our construct. It's He's beyond that. There's no beginning, there is no end. Okay, so when he instructed... Except he, in this universe. Yeah, that makes sense. So when he said like, uh, that he created something in a day, he wasn't perceiving that as a day? Well, it's, it's stretching it to put it at 24. Okay. Our day, yeah, it's stretching. God's construct is much bigger than time and space. That's fair. He's bigger. One of the main problems is God's bigger than we ever can determine him. Sure in human standards. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put a lot of limits on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, that kind of falls into that. I think we had a question one time about, uh, can God make a boulder that he cannot lift? Because it contradicts itself. Right. And I don't remember what you said. I think you said, yeah. Right. Right. Fair enough. That was a long time ago. That's it, one of our first yeah. episodes. It, yeah, that was. Yeah, we've been doing this for about over a year now. So 77 episodes. Yep. Right? Yep. There's some that got lost in there, too. <gasps> Oh, yeah. The Lost Episodes. Mm-hmm. We've definitely double-taped quite a few times. Okay. I forgot to hit record. So, question two. What is your favorite scripture or Bible story to read when you're feeling stressed? <laughs> when I'm feeling stressed, specifically. Specifically. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you endure trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance, when it has finished its work, leaves you mature, and complete, not lacking anything. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Love it. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. And if I had to guess, I was going to say that's what it was. Yeah, that's where I'd start. Then Romans 12, 1 and 2. They're yes. for my brothers. View God's mercy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Any more? Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing <laughs> to God, which is your spiritual activity of worship. Yeah. Then you will know. Yes. Okay. That's what I got on my head right now. Okay. Um, all right, follow me. In Exodus, it talks about Moses being told by God to tell Pharaoh to let the people go. But every time 
it says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it seems to, it seems contradictory that God sent Moses to Pharaoh in hope of Pharaoh letting them go. And then God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Why did God do this? I think because of the end outcome. In other words, Pharaoh had a disposition towards that hard heart anyway. He wanted to keep them here. He wanted to keep them in Egypt, working for him. And uh, so he had a disposition to that hard heart. But God had a bigger plan. Yeah. And that plan wouldn't have been fully manifest had Pharaoh's heart not been hardened. In other words, the story would be much more brief. You'd not see the, the magnitude of God's power and the many different ways that he would manifest that in order to deliver Israel and get them into the promised land. So he kind of, I think we've talked about Did this. Did you want to not have frogs? Okay. Frogs? I like frogs. Okay. I'm, I'm going to roll it into another question because I, I feel this kind of uh, jumps into the, your thoughts on predestination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it ties into another one from the same group is does God cause us to do certain things or cause certain things to happen or does God react to what we do or bring about consequences? Yes. <laughs> I was just reading about David and, and at, towards the end of his life he takes a, a, an enrollment of the, the uh, army Yep. and uh, God didn't want him to do that. And so God gives him three options as to what would be the retribution on that. And, and that's interesting. I think it's in 2 Samuel 24. And it talks about how he had to decide that, and then he wasn't happy with his choice. God, let's understand that when we try to understand God, we're putting our construct on him. It's not necessarily him. Yeah but it's how we perceive him. So predestination, yeah. What's interesting is we serve a God who is in our midst right now. He's in this room. His Holy Spirit's moving right here. I depend on that. And then he allows us the freedom to choose. And his constructs move from there. Okay. So he's working with us. And a creative, almighty God, powerful enough to create everything around us, is also willing to be right there with us in the middle of what we're going through. And I like the fact that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 13, it says, there's nothing going to happen that's not common to man. So at least I know it's reined in. Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. God's bigger than we think. God's got the whole story, not just our part. And when we put our lives in his hands, we give him the option of bringing the outcome that he talks about in Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know the plans I have for you to have you flourish. I can't get the whole thing down in my head right now. Isn't that awful? I know the, the, the reference, and I can't get it right down. That's okay. Jesus shows us you're not perfect. Usually you're spot on. I'm sorry. I might be nervous, you know, all these eyes on me. Yeah. So, uh, so if, let's say Moses didn't do what God asked, maybe God would have not hardened Pharaoh's heart? Or, is, or it might have fallen you correctly? There might have been another way of doing it. Okay. 
And I think what we have in the Bible is a collection of those accounts where people did it differently. Okay. Gideon's response was different than Moses' response. Well, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. Sure. Moses said he couldn't speak it, but he was willing to go. Get Aaron to do the talking. Yeah. Sort of like you and me. And then uh, in, in Gideon, well, I need signs in order for me to do what you've asked me to do. That's a different... God's going to meet us where we're at. Yeah. As believers, we come to him and we open our lives to him, but he's going to deal with us where we're at no matter where that is. Yeah. So kind of like a teacher. Everyone has a different way to learn. You know, some people got to read, some people got to see it, some people got to hear it. I'm sure there's probably more now, but he's going to facilitate that or he's going to meet those needs. And he knows how he created you, so he knows what your needs are. Yeah. Ooh. Are there contradictions in the Bible? And if so, what's the biggest one, and how do you reconcile it or at all? There are things that we perceive are contradictions because there are two different authors, different ways of using language. Uh, I think if we look at it from God's angle, there probably aren't any contradictions. Okay. It's in our language, sure. uh, in the translations. Sure. And I can't think of one. Isn't that awful? Yeah, this is, this is a topic that I pressed on all the time. It's you're pretty good on this one. Oh, yeah. Well, because it doesn't, you know, we have all these different, uh, you know, sects of, of Christianity here. And it's, it's, it's hard to say which one is, you know, oh, you don't believe this part of the Bible. Well, why? It's, it's there. Right. How, who determines what you right. snip and cut? And they seem to snip and cut based on what they think is a contradiction or doesn't fit. Well, it either doesn't fit what we perceive God's plan is or yeah. or what we perceive of God I think the big thing is we think we've got it all God all down pat and I'd question anybody even myself even as I say that do we really have God down pat I think he's much bigger than we think he is and that we even want to imagine sure I think that's why in first uh, Corinthians chapter 3 that prayer how wide and how deep and how high is the love of God that's bigger than we can imagine, guys. But it's an interesting. God's given us at least a little perspective mm -hmm. of who he is. So then uh, if you got to sit down and have a cup of coffee with God, what would you ask? How's your day? <laughs> day? <laughs> he already said he doesn't. I know he time. doesn't have it. <laughs> Boy, I don't even know. I, I'd ask, so why did this happen in the midst of my life? Is there a plan that I didn't see? And boy, that wasn't much fun, Lord. Could we maybe have done that differently? Uh, I would figure if I'm meeting God, it's towards the end. So let's pretend that it is a flash moment. You are there. You get to ask him one question, kind of like how I'm asking you right now. Oh, coffee on Monday morning. Exactly. Okay. You say, you got 30 seconds. What do you want? 30 minutes, 30 seconds with God. What's next? What's next? What's next? I think that the role of prophet in our current time is so diminished. We haven't got uh, any idea what God's trying to do in our, in our world today because we don't know who to listen to. In the Old Testament, you know, we hear about Jeremiah and Isaiah and all these wonderful prophets who could lay out things and so people could sort of live into it. And, and as Jesus came into being, we have all those prophecies that point, yes, this is Jesus. But when we look at prophecy today, who's talking prophecy? Who would we listen to? There just aren't those voices that are 
sharing what God's got on his heart. Unless you talk about the preachers, and then we're in big trouble. Yeah. Because they're all over the map. They are. That rolls into this a little bit. Uh, Revelation says a lot about what things will be like before the end to come, like the world being more corrupt, people denying God, among many other things. But I wonder about this because of all the things that have already happened. The world is corrupt and more people deny God. Wars and rumors, wars, etc. Mm -hmm. I know we aren't supposed to know the day, but rather be prepared for it. But I've always wondered about this since the list of things to have happened have already happened. Many of them, right? Yeah. yeah. Much of prophecy is fulfilled. Uh, not totally, though. Right. And so as we look at the book of Revelation, we realize there's a couple things yet to come. Uh, interpretation on that is necessary. But I don't think things are quite bad enough yet. Uh, I had grandparents that lived through World War II. And the things that, even though the war was not on this soil, the things that they had to endure were pretty traumatic. Oh, yeah. And uh, we haven't even come close. In fact, it's not really even on our horizon right now. We'll know. And I think every Christian will know that, that Christ is coming. And I, I believe he's going to come before the biggest part of the tribulation okay. is happening. And we're going to know. I think Christians will know. I think the Holy Spirit, I, I'm feeling a renewal of the Holy Spirit, even in this community. Oh, yeah. And I think we as Christians will know. Yeah. That this, this is getting close. Yeah, I know there's a lot of talk about it being, you know, kind of the end days when COVID started happening. It seemed really a, a lot of despair in that time, but well, I've seen a lot of blossoming happen after that. I agree. I agree. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of things are happening in, uh, in uh, spiritual warfare and, and things like that that indicate this is probably a good time of preparation sure. for that time that's coming. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite car and why? <laughs> well, I've always enjoyed the Model T Ford. <laughs> it is simple. I can fix everything on it. There's eight parts. About nine, maybe. Nine. And, uh, and I can go just about anywhere in it. Okay. What's interesting is the Model, a Ford, Model T Ford is probably as reliable as it ever was. Then I drive a Toyota, and boy, that thing doesn't give me any grief. Yeah. Model T I enjoy because Henry thought it was going to be the last car needed to be made. He thought he had the design down pat. Hilarious. And it's so funny to think about that now when you think how limited that car is compared to the ones we drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't your, your wife doesn't like to drive in that, does she? Oh, she likes the Model T. Okay. The Model A she doesn't like. Model A, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Uh, but the Model T uh, the, is a special car to me because when I feel cranky, I can go drive the Model T. Okay. And if I really want to, I can crank it to start it. Hmm. Yeah. See, I would have gone with like a muscle car or something, but. I'm sorry. Maybe that's the age gap there. Yeah. It's an age thing. Okay. Yeah. In fact, you look at antique cars and the antiques, I think, well, you, what you think is antique? Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, I drove that to high school. Yeah, what do you mean that was yeah. an antique? No. Yep. Mm-hmm. The rear-wheel drive cars driving around in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, how tall was Zacchaeus? Inches and feet, please. Uh, inches and feet. I don't think we have a biblical okay. standard for that. Okay. Uh, I, I think four foot one. 
Just figured? because my wife is four foot two and she's short. Yeah. Anybody know my wife? She's short. Yeah. So I, Zacchaeus had to be that short or shorter. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, and she's not climbing trees. No, not anymore. No. Not anymore. Good. You still do that, though? I've had to. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's the Christian responsibility to the billions of non-Christians in the world? Specifically, does the Bible say they would go to hell? Are there other interpretations? And uh, is there room in Christianity to respect others' faiths? So we touched on this like two episodes we ago, did, I didn't think, we? didn't we? Yeah, I think respect is always a good way to communicate. Yeah. And keeps the, the, the lines of communication open. Yep. Uh, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says uh, you must believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead. Two pieces. Uh, he makes it very simple. If you don't have those two pieces, I think he makes it clear that heaven's not in your future. Okay. And that's hard, because then you think about, so is my neighbor going to be there? Yeah. And what's my responsibility to make sure that my neighbor finds out? And that's tough. And, and I think part of the reason evangelism isn't happening in the United States right now is we have cloistered, cloistered even our faith to the point that I, well, you know, I really don't want to impinge upon this other person. Right. And, and what they're believing. And I think that's all right to a certain extent. But can we love our brother enough to at least inform them that this is where we're coming from? This is where I'm coming from. I love you, brother. I want to share with you this heartfelt faith of mine in this God that's bigger than both of us. Yeah. And then allow them room to share where they're coming from. With respect, I think conversations with respect go a lot farther than, I've got all the answers, you don't have any. That, that just doesn't go over good. No. It's fun to have those arguments with friends, but... Sort of like us, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, what's your favorite topic to have a sermon on? Can't say Jesus. That's too easy. No, no. But I like peace. Peace. Okay. Uh, that shalom peace of God's desire to put all of the pieces of our broken lives back together... I think that shalom, powerful message is why Jesus came. I mean, you think about the woman at the well. She'd had five husbands. She was on number six. He wouldn't marry her. But Jesus spoke peace, shalom, into her life. And her life was changed that day. And I think we as Christians ought to be preaching peace. Shalom. Jesus is here. You can believe in him. He's going to start helping you put the pieces the broken pieces of your life back together. And that's gospel. I mean, really, if you boil the gospel down to why God would have interceded through history, through Jesus Christ, it's to get all those pieces back together, put us back where he wants us to be in relationship to him, and it will change us. So that's why you were so lively during the sermon two weeks ago? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I heard somebody said that in, yeah. in church. Boy, he, he got loud this morning. Yeah. We, yes, we, Mike had to turn the mic down. And yeah, yes, it I was, did. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I did get animated on that topic, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that too. I just, now I got an answer. Now you got well, the answer. Geez, that's what it must be. Yeah. Okay, here's one. I had to write a paper about climate change. How should Christians respond to climate change? 
Uh, oh, good. Political stuff. Yeah, bad, political okay. stuff. I, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, You're Alex. Welcome. God bless you, Alex. Yep. Well, the reality is things are changing. Yep. The perspective then is, have they never changed before? And when we look at uh, cycles, the cycles of history would say, well, we're entering a time much like the 1930s. Okay. And a lot of the weather patterns that are current could be dated back to that point in time. Mm -hmm. Just look at the days that we break records. Where do those dates go back to? And they're 28, back to 18, 28, and pre-1930, 31, 32, where this area went into a drought, the plains went into a drought, uh, the Dust Bowl happened, mm -hmm. and, it, and then by 1940, 1941, it switched back around. Uh, God created almost every part of his creation with some kind of cycle. Yeah. Now, has it been our choice to accelerate the cycle? We need to take some responsibility for that. For sure. Yeah. We've had influence oh, yeah. on what's going on. That's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, the extent of that influence and whether it can come back from that? Yeah. Good question. I think... I think God has made it in such a way that we probably will get through this as long as we're smart enough to get yeah. to the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, there's nothing in the Bible that says, you know, go and consume as much as you want, waste as much as you want. It's all here just to be for you. Right. And so the concept of the Bible would be that we're stewards. Yeah. We're stewards of everything God has put in our hands, and uh, that's our part. Yep. And it's just like everything else with our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. We have a choice. Yep. I know sometimes it's hard to go and look and say, you know, you see the two bins or, you know, the trash can that's got two holes cut in it. This is recycling and this is trash. And you see the custodian open it up and it's just one big bag in there. You're like, well, well then what's the point? Right. And sometimes you see that result of something you do and you're like, well, what's the <laughs> point? I know from farming and, you know, some of the stuff that Rob and I do, it's his answer has always been, well, at some point it's, you know, it's because it's the right thing to do. It might not add up to what you want, might not make you... It might not be convenient. Nope. Might not make you rich. But, right. Yeah. That's the right choice. It's, it's doing something towards mm -hmm. the whole. And we need to start thinking about the fact that we're living as a bigger community than we used to. It's yeah. not just us. We're part of a bigger community. Okay. Um, last question before we bolt. Oh. Is there such thing as a justified war? Oh, wow. You're is that not the right one? You're asking me as a, <laughs> a Mennonite pastor. A justified war. I, haven't, I have a hard time going there. That there's a way to justify war. Sorry. Yep, that's okay. Uh, I think a lot of things can be done to avert war that hasn't been done. Oh, for sure. And a lot of selfish reasons that we get in the midst of one. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this before. When it becomes a war, it's a big, uh, you know, it, it's groups of people. And when you can get group of people A to group, fight group of people B, you know, even with politics fighting each other on that route, it's, it's, that's, that might be where you're getting a little sticky. Well, and then I wonder, have, have the conversations happened? Yeah with respect 
that could have averted it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think we as human beings are not very good about, we like to pick sides. And I'm, maybe it's because of my age. <laughs> but I'm thinking we should be able to find new ways of having constructive conversation with the elements of respect at the base so that we can have better ways of learning yeah. to embrace the future. Uh, you and I disagree on certain things. Sure. Can we not sit down and have a constructive conversation yeah. and maybe end up in a whole other trans trajectory that God will bless? Yeah. I think so. I think so. All right. So that's, that's my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, will you pray us out? I can do that. All right. I, I do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love and mercy. I thank you for this crowd. I thank you for these young people. And Lord, we pray that you in these times would guide us and bless us in ways that are beyond our understanding, that you would reveal to us who you are in these times. And thank you, Lord, for this time together. May your blessing rest upon us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and risen Savior, amen. Amen. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, you know, all the questions and content you've given us for future episodes. Um, this has been a lot of fun. So um, thank you, and we will see you all next week on the next show. Lord willing. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode. We are both having a ton of fun making these videos and episodes. And if you're having fun, too, please tell a friend about this and help us to grow this mission. Thank you and God bless.